Boston Celtics get another huge win over the Orlando Magic. Jalen Brown was awesome. Let's do it a little bit differently. Let's do a crossover post-game show with the Lockdown Magic host right now on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corral is above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day, and I got you every day with a free, fresh podcast dropped directly to your device. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Watch the show there. Get into the comment sections. Let me know what you're thinking. I'm John Corrales. Cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. And today, it's a big win. The Celtics' fifth straight uh, win at home. They're 15-0 and at home, 114-97 over the Orlando Magic. A little bit of a different show today. I just recorded a whole big uh, reaction podcast with the Locked On Magic host, Philip Rossman Reich. We're going to get to that in just a second. I'll, I'll talk more about this game tomorrow as well on the podcast, so spread out the reaction over a couple of games. But let me just quickly, my thoughts here on this game. Uh, first of all, today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNBA. Use the code LockdownNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Jalen Brown, amazing. Jalen Brown was awesome, 31 points, but not just the 31 points, right? Six assists, uh, a steal, a block shot, great ball movement. Yeah, he was hot from three, but Jalen has turned a corner. I will definitely get into more of this in tomorrow's podcast, but a shout out to Jalen Brown for, I think he's had the hardest transition. Uh, I know I've been tough on him on this podcast. I think I see it now. I see, I see why the struggles were happening in the beginning of the season, not struggles, but why he wasn't quite the fitting exactly right in the beginning of the season. I see it now. I see what he's done. I see how he's evolving. I think it's super important, and I think this clicking with Jalen Brown makes the Celtics the absolute favorite to win a championship. He was spectacular in this game. He's been spectacular recently. I expect that to continue. All of the stuff he said post-game about his evolution was awesome. Uh, I, I think that's going to be uh, something to dive into for tomorrow's podcast for sure. I thought, so let's just give Jalen Brown all the credit in the world for this game. But credit goes all the way around too. Tatum, not his best shooting game uh, overall. 23 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. Like just overall just eh. Tatum wasn't his best. Jalen had to take over. Uh Kristaps Porzingis, 15 points and 10 rebounds. Derek White, 10 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Drew Holiday, 14 points, 6 of 12 shooting. He had a big second quarter along with Jalen Brown that really helped change this game after the Celtics started off slow. Massive, massive shout out to Al Horford. The Celtics were spectacular defensively. 31 points. They gave up 31 points to Orlando in the first quarter. Then they gave up 19 
24 and 23. It's exactly where you want to be defensively. This was a defensive masterclass. The fourth quarter defense, especially Al Horford, was ah, uh, chef's kiss. Beautiful. The way they protected the rim, the way they defended it in that fourth quarter was awesome. So Jalen Brown, a plus 19. He had eight points. He played 23 minutes, 23 and a half minutes, and he was a team high plus 19. That says a lot. All right. I've been talking a lot, again, much, much more about this show, uh, this game, and tomorrow's show because I want to dive deeper into that stuff. But let's get the rest of this reaction with Philip Rossman-Reich of the Lockdown Magic Podcast. Congrats on the wins. Every win, <laughs> every win matters. We we all know this. You shouldn't take them, especially us Magic Magic people. We know you don't take wins for granted. Um, let's let's start here. I, 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 I'm I'm assuming you were there at the TD Garden for for both of these games. Yep. What 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 did these what what stood out to you in in these two games over the weekend between the Celtics and the Magic? I think what stood out the most is the Celtics. I think the professional kind of way the Celtics just handled everything that Orlando threw at them. Both games, the Celtics started off slow uh, and, you know, Orlando came in and, and did what they did. Paolo had a big first quarter against the Celtics and it looked like, Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Um, but they never kind of let it linger. And Joe Missoula talked about that after the game here uh some of these lapses are unavoidable and they came out in the third quarter uh a quarter that has been problematic not so much at home for boston but has been problematic and they started slow again and they just got through it and the most important thing that joe was saying and that i noticed here the celtics aren't letting the the those those lapses linger like they have in the past they're not full quarter. They're not full half. Their their lapses for a few minutes that every NBA team goes through, and this time around they they found a way to snap out of it. Now in the first in in the first game against Orlando, they snapped out of it and took a lead by the end of the first quarter. I think Bancaro's first quarter in this game, uh, you know, kept the Celtics at bay a little bit, but Jalen Brown had monster second and fourth quarters. And, and that's kind of helped, you know, somebody in each of these games has stepped up to kind of break the Celtics out of this. And that's what a, that's what a really good team does that when I say professional nature, this is what they just don't let that thing linger. Somebody finds a way to get an easy basket or somebody just says, okay, you know what? We're cold. It's not the whole team. That's cold. Peyton Pritchard comes in or holiday hits a few shots. So I, I'm really impressed by these two wins by the Celtics it's uh Jason Tatum said it after game he even said he was impressed by how they played he said I don't think we win all four of these games two against Cleveland two against you guys uh last year and they did and not only did they do it they ended up winning big in these two games so I I am very very impressed by how the Celtics kind of responded every time they needed to respond yeah, and I and I think that's that's a, a a really big point. Um, you know, and you said you mentioned kind of the professionalism about the way Boston uh, attacked this game, and and I even think Friday's game as well. I, I think that was the the contrast that I saw to to Orlando, and, and like Orlando played a better game Sunday than they did Friday. Friday, um, mm -hmm. you know, Jamal Mosley even said it after the game in his post game remarks. Is you know, like we. 
you know, really focused on not turning the ball over. They had 21 turnovers. It was their, I think, second highest or worst turnover game of the season as far as turnover rate. On Friday, they only turned it over, what, six times, seven times, eight times, I think, in, in, in was, the game. It was nine. Nine, yeah. By the end. Yeah. But, but some in, couple in garbage time, yeah, but still. Yeah, yeah. Still, they, very they, impressive. They, they, they knocked that part out. You know, the, the their defense was a step slow uh, against the speed that Boston had to play with on Friday because of the, the, the lack of centers. Um, they only gave up eight free throw attempts in the game, which I think honestly makes Boston's offensive performance even more impressive because they weren't getting to the line. They weren't kind of getting that steady diet. Um, but so Orlando kind of said, you know, or Mosley said after the game, like we, we, we made the improvements we wanted to make. But to your point about the professionalism, Boston, when they went through a little cold snap, they ratcheted up the defense. You know, they they were really yeah. locked in defensively in, in both games. And, and Orlando is just not a strong offensive team yet. They're they're you know they're creeping up on the top half of the league, which is a victory for us, but not good enough against a really good defensive team in Boston. Boston was putting a lot of pre- a lot of ball pressure, and and you know they, we, they, we'll talk probably I'll probably talk on my show tomorrow about some of the lineup issues the Magic had because it's good as Anthony Black played, Derek White was literally going from the opposite corner to, to double Palo because they were not concerned with Anthony Black at all in this mm. game. Um, uh, and, and that's not a knock. And that is a knock on Anthony Black, but also Anthony Black's really good. I was going to say, um, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> it's absolutely a knock on him. <laughs> it, it is a knock on him. But but there's still a lot no. of things you like about Anthony Black. Uh, I got that, you. That's, I got that's, you. That's he actually, I, I I liked yeah. him. He, he I yeah. thought he had a yeah. good. He's, a good he's gonna of the match. Got to find a way to keep him in the game, and that's the hard part when you're trying to win now instead of develop players. But that's that's for tomorrow's episode. Um, what I really found though was the Magic didn't have those answers. Um, you know, you go back yeah. to the second quarter. You know, they shoot what was it eight? Uh, like. Uh, Ridiculously bad amount. I, I let me pull. Let me pull my, my box score up here. Um, they shot uh, six for twenty-two in the second quarter, and you know that's the moment when Boston, you know, really, you know, when Boston had, you know, whatever slumps they had, really hardened their defense. They're able to get out and run. I thought Orlando, despite shooting so poorly, did a good job defensively and did a good job kind of keeping themselves in the game and trying to keep contact, but. You know, where Boston, you know, when they struggled to shoot, they still found ways to generate offense. When mm-hmm. Orlando was struggling to shoot, they were they were missing shots that they have to make. You know, they were settling for threes. They were, you know, missing shots around the rim. They weren't able to get to the foul line. You could see that frustration just growing on them. And that's when I think they really lost the plot. You know, it, it, was, it wasn't that they weren't making shots. It was the reaction to not making shots. And that was something that happened in Friday's game. And that was something that I think really affected them in Sunday and took them from, you know, being in the game, you know, maybe trailing a little bit because they're going through a slump that happens in an NBA game to being down 12, 13, 14, 15 points. And now you're really having to climb uphill against a very good Celtics defense on the road. And that's just not something this magic team is equipped to do very well. So I I can tell you, this is sounding very familiar for Celtics fans. Uh, This is the difference between good young team, comma, the Orlando Magic, and good team, comma, the Boston Celtics, where when the Boston Celtics were the good young team, and I think that qualified for them over the past few years, they would, this is what happened. And this is, I think that's actually a great point by you, because this is the difference between these two teams last year, the year before. They're shooting, they're missing shots affected their defense. And it's been the biggest knock on the Celtics. 
Now, missing shots, first quarter in this game, first quarter in the last game against Orlando. It did not affect their defense. It did not affect their mentality, and it didn't affect their kind of sticking to the plan. And when you've got young players that are not experienced enough to understand fully that those misses don't matter. Like, you miss, it doesn't matter, get back on defense. What matters is the miss, the hanging your head, oops, I just got looking at the big kick ahead. Right. The Celtics did a phenomenal job in these two games with kick aheads, big, long passes along the sidelines. All of a sudden, you're jogging back, and you go very quickly from five guys between the ball and the basket to one guy between the ball and the basket. And you're like, oh, crap. Oh, where was it? Then you get cross-matched. Then you get and it's, scrambled. And especially, and especially when you're a good defensive team like the Magic. And, and I thought, like, especially Friday, Boston. You know, Boston was obviously playing without a center, so I think they played a little bit differently than they normally play. Yeah, they played fast. But Boston Boston was trying to beat the Magic down the court before they could get that defense set because they knew, mm-hmm. you know, Goga Batadze is, is what Goga Batadze is, but trying to score on Goga Batadze when your center is Lamar Stevens or Lamar Stevens, I don't know if it, that, what the correct pronunciation is there. Um, I've heard both. Um Trying to really? score on I'm him, Stevens. Stevens, I don't know. Um, when Lamar Stevens, O'Shea Brissett are your two centers, it's harder to score on Goga Batadze than if it's Kristaps Porzingis and you're trying to trap, you know, sure, yeah. get him stuck in pick and rolls and pick and pops. Uh, and so the Celtics, I thought, did a very good job trying to kind of deal with the, you know, Magic are a young team. They don't have, they don't have the, the, the they have a, they have a good attention span most of the time, but they didn't in this weekend. And I think yeah. that was, that was a big part of, of, of this series. Not to cut you off there. Um, I want to I want to get back to that point about the vets and the upstarts. I know that's something that a lot of magic, you know, a lot of magic fans and some Celtic personalities have been going back and forth with. Um, but I think it was one of the big themes of this series and one of the big takeaways that, that I think a lot of us had. Uh, we'll get to that uh, coming up here in just a moment. But first, it, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at. Prize picks. I don't know if you play prize picks, John. Um, but uh, I, have. I yeah, you have. Um, I did a prize picks this weekend. I won my prize picks. I came two two uh two points, I think two Nikola Jokic points short of of winning the whole kit and caboodle. But the thing I love about prize picks is, is you know, I usually do groups of four. I, I put like a group of four together. You get three of those four correct, you get a one and a, you get one and a half times your money. You get your, your you get your money back plus more. And, and that's what I love about prize picks is you really do have the chance to win. And they offer so many great options for you to have a lot of fun watching the weekend games, whether it's the NFL, whether it's the NBA, whether it's doing both combined. I actually did a, a one of their combined one of their combined uh, league pick plays of, uh, I think I did, uh, Nicole, I did Nikola Jokic points and Zach Eady points uh, with college basketball. And then the other one I did was Jamar Chase receptions with Damian Lillard three-pointers. So, was able to hit that. Was it's fun able to, to cross over like that. It is fun to cross over like that, just like it's fun to cross over on the pod like this. And, <laughs> and prize, prize picks really does make it easy. All you have to do is pick four to six players and project whether they'll have more or less than their projected numbers. They also offer the reboot option, where if a player leaves in the first half and does not return, that pick gets thrown off the board. You get it rebooted. Prize picks is the easy way to play fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. 
Okay, John, uh, I, I want to get into into this topic because I think I think this is like we, we've hinted at it here. Like we 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 kind of know what this matchup was, and and you know you don't want to overblow a December matchup. Um, you probably know this better than than we do because it's been forever since the Magic have played games that felt meaningful uh, beyond beyond the date that they're being played. Um, but this really did feel like the young upstarts trying to prove themselves uh, against the veteran championship level team. You know, it was, it was something mm -hmm. I think, you know, Paolo, Paolo, I think he even said it after Sunday's game is like that Celtics team. They've been to the champ. They've been to the finals before they're competing in the Eastern conference finals every, every year. They're competing for championship every year. That's where we want to be. And, and, you know, certainly I think we can all see with our own eyes from these two games, how the Celtics look like a championship team and the magic, you know, clearly have, I think, the pieces, but they're, they're not quite there yet. Um, when, when you, I, I mean, I think clearly you kind of saw it, saw it that way too, that way too. What, what other ways maybe do you see, you know, the magic maybe being on that path, but, but not, not quite there. Yeah. Look, uh, the number one thing I'm going to say about the difference between again, good young team versus good team is figuring out who's going to sacrifice what. This is the number one thing that every great team has to figure out. The Golden State Warriors, who's going to sacrifice what? Who's going to sacrifice their touches? Who's going to be the guy that's the role player? And you get like an Andre Iguodala in there. You get a Jermaine, uh, you get a, an Andrew Wiggins in there. And and they they fill a role. And on this team for the Celtics, I think one of the biggest issues has been Jalen Brown just kind of going to do Jalen Brown, right? He's going to be who he is, and that's that for better or for worse. And he's a second-team All-NBA guy, but turnovers down the stretch and blah, 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 blah. Well, I think what we're seeing lately overall from the Celtics, from Jalen Brown, and we saw it in these two games, is his ability to do a lot of other things. My favorite play in this game, weirdly, was this uh, – a, a simple pick and roll where he got it over to Sam Hauser and got a little floating layup. But the reason why I loved it so much is that Jalen invites the double team and he's never invited the double team and drawn it out to half court and gotten it to a teammate. So the teammate has plenty of room to make his move. Jalen has always been looking to score. He at 27 years old as a second team, all NBA guy, richest you know richest contract ever signed all of that stuff if anybody has a longest tenured Celtic if anybody has a reason to not sacrifice that's the guy in this season and you know I've been very critical of Jalen on this podcast and uh, you know realize that it, it, it he's been, had to make the toughest transition of anybody because of all the stuff that I said and to to go from being a pure scorer to playmaker and kind of finding everybody out and figuring everybody out who on the Orlando magic is going to be that guy. Who's going to be the guy that's, you know, okay. Bancaro's your number one. Wagner's your number two. Uh, who, who's going to be when, when you get a number three, are, are you going to get a number three that's better than one of those two guys and they have to shift somewhere along the way, somebody on that team is going to be put in a situation where, you on a podcast are going to say, if only this guy can adjust his game a little bit. And if he does, whoever that is, whether he's on the team right now or not, 
that's going to be where your team makes that that shift. The Celtics last year at this point were 20 and 5. They were 21 and 5 when they went out west to go play the Golden State Warriors, a game they lost and it kind of derailed them for a long a long time. Now they're 20 and 5 and they're going out to Golden State again. And this is such a different team even though their record is the same because Jalen Brown has figured it out. He's he's the one that's taking that hey, I'm going to sacrifice. I'm not going to take 20 plus shots a game. He's taking 18 per game. I'm going to pass the ball more. I'm not going to look for my shot as much. That's the difference between a team that I look at right now and say, wow, more than any other Celtics team I've seen in this current iteration with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, this is the team I'm like, that's a championship squad. That team, I'm if I'm going to open up my FanDuel app and put money on a team to win a championship, I'm I'm putting it on the Celtics because of the way they're playing right now. And Orlando, I have tons of respect for, for the Orlando Magic. That's a good, good, young team. At some point, you're going to get better. Who's going to sacrifice? That's going to be the question. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I think, I, like, I like – thinking and, and asking these questions too, because, you know, it's, it's, it's coming. It, it may not be the right time sure. to ask these questions, but, but it's, it's coming down the line. And I think a lot of magic fans kind of sense this, you know, I would say like this year as part of this season's success, one of the big sacrifices that's been made is Cole Anthony, you know, Cole Anthony came to this group was, you know, drafted, was drafted, thrown into the starting lineup because of the Markel Fultz injury as a rookie started for two years Fultz comes back and then all of a sudden he's having to go back to the bench and have to be the sixth man. And, you know, Cole Anthony has been very, very clear throughout his entire career. I believe I'm a starter. I believe that I can be a starter. I've proven I can score 16 points per game in this league, granted for a tanking team, but you know, he believes he is that caliber player. And obviously he didn't have a great weekend this weekend for, for the magic. And that was a, a, one of the big reasons why they lost because bench scoring has been such a huge impactor yeah. for the magic this year. I think they had, I think at least entering the weekend, probably not leaving the weekend, but entering the weekend, they had the highest scoring bench in the league. Um, but Cole's had, you know, Cole, I think said on the low post uh, a couple weeks ago, you know, it took me to about mid season last year to really accept and embrace being a six man and realize I can still be a dominant scorer coming off the bench and, and still accomplish a lot of the individual things that I want to accomplish while playing this role. Um, I think it's probably early to ask who's going to have to sacrifice on this team, though, because to some extent, you know, we don't know how good a Paolo Bancaro or Franz Wagner can be. Right. Um, right. And I think, you know, I, I I know, you know, Paolo and Jason Tatum worked out a lot, worked out a little bit, at least this this summer. Um, and, you know, I, I look at Paolo and I think he's going through a lot of the same things that a, that a Jason Tatum went through early in his career where he's having to learn what a good shot is, you know, learning when to take his shot, when to help others, when to get others involved. Yep. And that's obviously, I think, you know, hearing what you're saying about Jalen Brown, especially still a process that's evolving, even as they, they get, they get older is understanding that. And, you know, right now, you know, I think we all looked at the 11 turnovers between Ben and Va and Franz Wagner in Friday's game. And it was just like, well, those are your two most important decision makers, regardless of who's in the game sometimes you just got to go through mistakes and just learn from them. And, and so I, I think, I think with the magic, you know, we're, we're talking about the playoffs here. You know, like this is this, like, this is a playoff team. This is a team that is going to be playing 80 game, mm -hmm. 83, 84, 85, 86, at least um, we're getting, we're getting four games in April uh, in, in late April. 
um, with with this group. I think I think we're all fairly confident about that. They're you know we don't know what their ceiling is quite yet, and so a lot of it right now is just about gaining experience. And I think the way they've started this season, not that it's fool's gold, not that it's a bad thing. It's it's never bad to to have a good record and to bank up wins the way this team has banked up wins, but. I think we all understand the magic are not at the same level or playing the same even game that the Celtics are playing. Like they're the Celtics. They got one goal. It, that's the Larry O'Brien trophy. You know, as, as nice as the NBA mm-hmm. cup would have been their goal is to win the Larry <laughs> O'Brien trophy. That's all that matters. Success yeah. for the magic this season is, Hey, let's get to a playoff series and then, and let's see what we really have and what we really need. They need like, honestly, like I've, I've told a lot of people this, I don't think it'd be the worst thing in the world to get into a series with a team like the Celtics and get their butts kicked for for four or five games. Sure. Um, just sure. just to just to learn what you actually need. Like, what do you have internally on the roster that you feel can continue to get better, and maybe what's missing. Um, you know, you go back to the kind of idea of sacrifice. I think a lot of Magic fans are sensing that Markel Fultz may not be the right point guard for this group. They they desperately need shooting. You know, we talked a little about about Anthony Black. I think a lot of Magic fans are really excited about Anthony Black and what he can he can be, but he is such a non-factor offensively, and some of that is because Black is not a great shooter yet. Some of that is because the Magic choose to make him a non-factor offensively too by kind of sticking him in the corner and keeping him out of the way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Marco Fultz doesn't improve a lot of that. You, you kind of need that shooting to, to keep teams from swarming your guys, and you're going to learn in a playoff series very, very quickly how good how different it is and how, how much more precise you have to be. And, and, you know, again, I think, I think these little baseball series are really nice because it gives you a little taste of it. Like we saw the magic make adjustments and it still didn't really matter against a really good Celtics team uh, on the road. You know, you're, you're going to, you know, this, you know, you do the right things. You could still be down 2 0 and you're going to learn very, very quickly how precious every moment uh, of a, every moment of a game can be. And I think that's, that's going to be one of the bigger lessons that, that a young team like the magic has to learn. And this is still, you know, very much a season of lessons for Orlando. Um, I want to get your thoughts uh, a little bit more on, on kind of how the East is shaping out now that we're past the quarter mark of the season and, and, and where maybe the magic fit in with that. I want to get to that coming up here in just a moment. Hey, you look, I talked about the FanDuel uh, app earlier, and uh, I think it's kind of fun. I was looking I, – I, I'm actually surprised that the Celtics were able to cover the two spreads that they were able to cover. Uh, but, you know, especially look, Friday. if people – especially <laughs> Friday, yeah. Uh, but look, man, this is – if you, if you want to get in on the action, if people want to get in on the action there, very easy to go to FanDuel.com slash locked on fanduel.com slash locked on what do you get when you're there if you're a new customer you place a five dollar money line bet if you had placed that five dollar bet on the celtics to win one or two one of these games you would have not only won your bet you'd get 150 dollars in bonus bets so any winning five dollar money line bet gets you 150 dollars in bonus bets so if you're thinking about joining fanduel this is a great time to do it plus all kinds of things spreads player player props over-unders, uh, in-game, same-game parlays where you can go on. Uh, you could mix and match between points, somebody's points, somebody's rebound, somebody's assist. Stack them up. You can get a nice little payout there. FanDuel.com slash on is where you go. Uh, you can play it for any sport. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. I just ask everybody, 
Use the tools that FanDuel has there for you to set up your limits and do all of that stuff. And please gamble responsibly. So, you know, obviously, you know, we could, I, these, these are facts. The Magic and the Celtics entered this game as two of the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. Orlando with the two losses has slipped below Philadelphia. And I think, I think we, you know, I forget what the stat is. I think it's something like seven of the eight playoff teams are usually in place by about Christmas or, or around New Year's Day. So mm. we are, it, it's, I forget what the stat is. Like there's, there is surprisingly little movement in and out of the playoff picture, at least um, when you get early, fairly early in the NBA season. So we're, we're getting to a point where the standings kind of are what they are. Um, obviously there's movement up and up and down, up and down within those top eight or so, but, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to a point where, okay, it's not just an early season sprint, early season sprint or a strong start. Something here is permanent. Um, so, you know, I think the expected top three are, are there now, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia are your, are your top three in the East. It's a little bit of a mess below them, but I want to get your thoughts first. Uh, Well, I'll give you the courtesy of getting your thoughts first on on the top of the East. Um, where do you see Boston kind of, did you see Boston as heads and tails above those teams or where do you see Boston among the, among the title contenders in the East right now? I feel like, I feel like the Celtics are starting to separate themselves a little bit. Um, 23 of Boston's 25 games have come against Eastern conference teams. So they've, they've kind of like set the table a little bit. They've kind of won a lot of the tiebreakers. This is, you know, this clinched the series against Orlando. So that's, you know, not that I don't think Orlando's going to be in a tie. Yeah. So you, yeah, you, never got, know. <laughs> you, you never know. You never know. But these are, these are important things for, for teams to stack. Conference records matter and all of that stuff. So uh, I, I still think like Milwaukee and Philly are very much in the figure themselves out mode uh, a little bit more than, than maybe Boston is. Uh, Philly with their, you know, with, with Maxi kind of taking over and, and Harden going, it's actually, it's obviously worked out well. Damian Lillard coming in and trying to figure things out with Giannis, it's worked out well. I mean, they're, they're teams that are winning better than 70% of their games. So that's, that's, that constitutes working well. Um, and the point differential is, is great. I mean, Philly's got the, the best point differential in the league. So those teams are there. I think Boston, just obviously I'm very close and I'm seeing like the little minute stylistic differences that maybe I don't see in some of these other teams, but if Boston can just keep playing like this, then they're going to, I think they are going to separate themselves as the best team, at least in the East. Um, I think not to talk, you know, bring the West into it, but I think there are, there are teams in the West. I think like Denver's is kind of like, they're not as uh there's a, there's as a lot focused. of teams yeah there's a lot of teams pacing themselves like so it, yeah it feels like 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 you know Boston like Boston's probably going to hit like a little bit of a rough patch where you know, not and rough patch meaning like two games over 500 instead of instead of winning all seven games in a seven game stretch sure. um but that happens in a season um you know they're they're resting Al Horford because they know on back to backs because they know a game in December against the magic isn't as important as him being ready to go for games in March and April. Like yeah. he's got like, these are the teams that 
manage a season more than play it than play a season. And obviously Boston, I think is getting, getting, getting a ton of wins. What, what I really like about Boston from watching them uh, both, you know, really all three games they played, played the magic is it just feels like they can beat, they, they can beat you any style you want to play. Like, it, yeah. it, like what I was really impressed with the Celtics throughout this weekend, especially is, you know, if the magic locked off, you know, blocked off one thing and, and look, Orlando is a good, I don't think Orlando had a great defensive weekend, but that's still like good defense. And, you know, when they're engaged and they're locked in, they're really tough to crack. It felt like if Orlando closed one door, Boston just like went around the back of the house and was like, Oh, this, this door's here open. Let, let me, let me just, let me just climb in, climb in through here or this window's open. Let me, let me climb in through there. And you know, what I was really impressed with Boston is Boston is it just felt like they can beat you in a number of different styles. And, and I know that's something I think about a lot, you know, especially with, with these two games, it felt like Orlando had just like kind of one way that they, they're going to beat you. Like they got to get downhill in the paint. They got to get to the foul line. They got to use that because they're not going to hit enough threes to beat you. Boston on Friday hit a ton of threes. They played fast in this game. They hit them with the pick and roll with, with Porzingis popping out three point line mm-hmm. or, or, or rolling to the basket. They hit him with, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown running ISOs. It just felt like there was just a, a bunch of different ways the Celtics can beat you. And not that Philadelphia and Milwaukee don't have that, but it just feels like Boston's just more on the same page. And there's just a, a different vibe about them where things clicked much more instantly than maybe it has for, for the other contenders. Obviously we still got four months to go before sure. everyone's, yeah, yeah, fight, yeah. everyone's fighting to, to grow that. But it just feels like Boston is just more locked in and, and, and on the same page at, at this point. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent that that's, that's my assessment there that, that Boston is, I, I think just the continuity, the familiarity, mm-hmm. your two best players have been here the longest. And that's that's what you you can't say that necessarily about everybody, um, and definitely not a Milwaukee. So those three teams are are what they are, and and I think that's going to be how it shakes out. I think I I think there's something to that stat because I think the only way when you look at the rest of the standings, Orlando, Miami, New York as four, five, six. I can see some variation of those three teams in that six because then after that, the only thing I would say is can Cleveland figure out a way to get because I, I was high on Cleveland coming into the season. Now they don't have Evan Mobley for a while. They don't have Darius Garland for a while. Maybe, maybe they're just gonna have to maybe this is just going to be where they are. But I don't expect Indiana. They're not good enough defensively. I don't expect Brooklyn. I don't expect Toronto to make any sort of meaningful run. Atlanta I never feels believed, like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. I never believed in the Atlanta Hawks. Like I'm yeah. I'm I'm certified Atlanta Hawks hater. So I, this is exactly where I thought they'd be. And then it's Chicago, Charlotte, Washington, Detroit. So yeah, I, maybe, maybe the only change I can see is Atlanta jumping into the play-in and like maybe Toronto falling out, but they both have the same record. So of course I can see that. I mean, honestly, that, that might just depend on what they decide to do at the, at the deadline. I think the deadline is going to be fascinating this year because there's, there feels like there's a lot of teams that could easily pull the plug. You know, like I think yeah. we're all expecting Chicago to maybe pull the plug. Toronto yeah. could pull the plug. Um, you know, I think you know Brooklyn is still in a position to be aggressive. You know, Cleveland Cleveland knows that there's there's a kind of a ticking time bomb with Donovan Mitchell, and you know, depending on where their guys are at or where they're out in the standings, maybe they decide, hey, let's just cash in now and and steal a bunch of stuff from somebody 
and and st- and stay in. I don't think that's out of the possibility. You know, Charlotte's got a Gordon Hayward to dangle. I know Magic fans want to go after like a Malcolm Brogdon with with a port with Portland to help to kind of help kind of build up that point guard point guard spot and kind of help good. them help. Yeah, I mean, like big 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 point guard who can shoot the ball a little bit. That's that sounds like what the Magic need. But you know, you never you, you just you just don't know. Um, you know, it, it does feel like. That door, you know, Orlando did a good job building it, building itself up in the first quarter of the season. You know, I, I think banking those wins because they're 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 starting probably their toughest stretch of the schedule with this weekend in Boston. They'd only play, I think, I think they only play two teams with a sub five hundred record from now until the midpoint of the season in mid January. They play the Wizards on December twenty sixth and the Warriors. Uh, to open, or I think it's to open the West Coast trip in late De- late December, early January. So they've got a lot of challenges ahead. You know, they're playing Miami on Wednesday. They're playing Milwaukee on Thursday, and in an impossible back to back. You know, they got Indiana, Indiana over the weekend as well. And I know Indiana's going to want to get the match back for for what they did to them a couple weeks ago. Um, it, it we're gonna we're gonna know where the Magic are gonna sit. I think by let's say J- by Martin Luther King day, when the magic play, when the magic play mm-hmm. the Knicks on MLK day, we're, we're going to know exactly where they sit. And it's probably going to be in that. F- I think, I think they're going to be able to stay in that four five, six group and, and kind of be enough, be in the I hunt agree. for home court advantage. And, you know, I, I don't know how you, f- how you feel watching this team. Obviously you didn't get to see them maybe at their best this weekend, but it, it does feel like this is a team that could, could be kind of like the surprise team that steals home court advantage in, in a playoff series and, and sees what happens. I, I think I, I look. I believe in the magic. I I believed in that. I believed in them last year. Yeah. I I thought that they were going to be tough last year, and they gave the Celtics fits last year. Obviously, they won what four straight against the Celtics, and you know, hey, the Celtics certainly were aware of that fact, and I think that played into yeah, I think this weekend too. for sure. Um, but they're four and zero against the Celtics for a reason, and they they're big, tough, strong team that. Okay, young and all of that stuff, but I believe in Ben Carroll and I believe in Franz Wagner and I believe in the the coaching and I think that just the the whole thing works. Um, they obviously are prone to the things that we've talked about here, but I also think that they're a damn good basketball team and um, their size causes problems. I do think that they can compete and and again looking at the East. I don't know about four, but I'm not a big believer in the Miami Heat anymore. Um, but hey, do that. Heat, do that at your own risk. <laughs> I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like they're the Heat. Give them the respect that they that they've earned. So I, if 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 Miami takes it, fine. New York is is such an interesting team. I don't. If if it ended up exactly like we see it in the standings today, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I don't want to see Orlando in the first round of the playoffs uh, or the second round of the playoffs. So that would be something that uh, hopefully uh, the Celtics can avoid. But uh, even even though the Celtics clearly, you know, beat them this weekend, they're they're a big tough team, and I just uh, you know, I'd like a little bit of an easier road than that. I believe in the Magic. I think I think they're a playoff team, depending on the matchup. Maybe you'll even win a series, um, but it's it's this is going to be, if nothing else, this is a good season. I think this is going to be a good season for Orlando, um, and this is going to be a good learning season for the Magic, and you're going to learn how good you are, 
you're also going to learn how far you need to go. And by the end, I think it's any kind of lesson you can teach a guy like Bancaro in his second season, you know, and, and Wagner, who's still yet, like any lessons you could teach them about how far they need to go to, to get to where the Celtics are is important at this stage of their development because the best is very obviously in front of them. I think, I think this is going to be a, a very beneficial run for them. Yeah, I, I think I think that is perfectly said. And I think that's I mean, that's that's what I wrote coming out of Sunday's game is the magic have come a long way. It's already been a very good season. It's se- certainly setting up to be a great season for them. The Boston Celtics showed them this weekend how far they still have to go because the Celtics Celtics played like a championship team. You know, they're not maybe yeah. playing championship, you know, conference finals, playoff levels of intensity quite yet, but they they brought it, they brought it this weekend. They put the young guys in their place and kind of showed them like, "Hey, you're not on our le- you're not on our level yet." And, and very clearly, the Celtics are a team that is is thinking about the big gold trophy at the end at the end of the season and, and not not very much else. Um, John, I want to thank you for for hopping on and and enjoying this crossover episode. Um, tell my listeners where where they can where they can find you if they want to keep following the Celtics this season. It's it's on Twitter, John underscore Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast, obviously. My writings at Boston Sports Journal. That's that's basically everything you need to know. And don't and don't and, and Magic fans. Uh, first off, I love that the Magic and Celtics are a rival, are a rivalry again. Um, for us, it's a traditional rivalry. For you, for you, I don't. For for the Celtics, you know, we're the we're the young we're the young kids. But uh, I like us being rivals again. Uh, but don't 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 inundate John with things. Magic Twitter, please. He's a good. He's no, a good bring guy. It. Bring, bring it. it. Okay, then bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. Bring it. it. Bring 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 it all. Bring it all. Um. <laughs> For, for those for those looking to hear more from me, you can find my written work at orlandomagicdaily.com. Follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily, as well as at philipr underscore omb. And of course, uh, listen to the Locked On Magic podcast if you want to keep up with the Orlando Magic. Uh, John, I will sign off how I always sign off. See you in the conference finals. <laughs> See you there. <laughs>